Welcome to today's episode of Whiskey Made Woman with me, your host, Bunny Loveshock. I've just realised this episode might sound a wee bit more echoey <laughs> and I will I will make sure I do something about that and it speaks to the subject of today's pod which is going to actually be about releasing books and the, as in some of the books you might have on your bookshelves and why that can have an enormous impact on your identity and the abundance you experience in your body and in your nervous system. But before we move into that theme, as ever, my prayer is to invite love in so that love can do her thing and that this episode of Whiskey Made Woman is in the highest possible service to you. So I don't know about you, but this full moon that has just left our atmosphere, although at the time of recording, we're still still being tickled by the remnants of the full moon at the end of Feb 2024. And the beauty of that being, you know, with a little bit of Virgo energy kicking around, it really, when you pay attention to how you are pulled or indeed invited into different areas of energy, you can notice where you're being invited into different areas of energy in your body and in your home. And on Sunday, just gone, my body insisted that I had to go through all my bookshelves. Now, you all know that I am a, I would think of myself as a rampant reader. I mean, I am an obscene reader. The amount of books that I read, I have always been a reader. I know it isn't everybody's thing. I would be surprised if you're here listening and you're not a reader. It has just never occurred to me not to read a book. Uh, Also, I'm a Gemini, so I read multiple books at the same time. I also can read a book in a day and I can read two books in a day. I, I have a whatever it is, whatever it is about reading in books and the the way of words, they are they are my nectar, they are my honey, they are my joy, all sorts of different, all sorts of different books, stories, goodness. On Sunday in particular though, my body, now we could also say this is love, we could also say this is God, said to me, go through your bookshelves and pull out all the books on money, on business, on marketing, on leadership, on getting organised. <laughs> and as I started to go through and pull those books lovingly from the shelves, I noticed that most of them were actually predominantly written by straight, cisgendered white dudes. Some of the money books were written by women and there's some money books that I have I have kept. Rachel Rogers in particular. We should all be millionaires if you've never read that. You know, go get go get a copy of that. Rachel's incredible. And if you don't know Rachel's work, go check out her work on Instagram uh, and then via her website, etc. And then as I pulled book after book about money business, marketing, selling, strategy, even Simon Sinek's Start With Your Why, all the books written by dudes felt like they were shouting. And then I realised that all those titles also felt like they'd been shouting at me from the shelves. (laughs) This is the only way I know how to describe this. 
And I remember this also when I used to manage and run a bookshop a long, long time ago, but it was, it was, it was wonderful, but also it's never as romantic as we imagine it's going to be. Sadly, I could not just curl up in a wee cootie corner and read whatever I wanted to, but I did know a lot of books and titles and I was able to help so many people and I was able to introduce so many people to new what would become love affairs with different genres and writers and authors and texts and just the absolute joy. And one of my most favourite book reps was actually this incredible short-haired, silver-haired, she would have been an older lady to me at the time, but she was probably only in her late 50s. I was in my early 20s and she was the reps for Mills and Boons. And we used to sell so many Mills and Boons because, of course, what do we love? We love love, right? We love love and we love those love stories. And it's really interesting because books do have energy. They do have personality. Some books as I've shared with you before, they can feel really, really empty. And I can always tell when a publisher has just picked a theme that's popular or has a high Google, you know, rate of search. And they're like, oh, there appears to be 25 people that are writing about, for example, um, witchcraft manifestation, uh, seasonal magic, whatever it might be. Let's pull them in and get them to write a book in two or three weeks and then publish it and see what sticks. And you can, you can feel it. There's no, there's, the, the the artist hasn't had an opportunity to create the quality of work that they want. You know, they've, they've had this enormous invitation, probably from a very well-known publisher, particularly given that, you know, Hay House now also, uh, you know, has uh, read Tracy sold Hay House to Penguin last year. So there's all sorts of things that happen, you know, and I am not in as much as the know as I used to be, but I will tell you this, books do speak. And if you've also, if you've seen or read Harry Potter, if you think about, you know, the books in the restricted area, some of the books are, you know, they're, uh, well, they're enslaved to a certain extent. They are covered in chains, you know, and they're kept in the restricted area because um, uh, they have such a huge energy to them. They have such a huge energy to them. So as I pulled these books about, again, money, leadership, you know, what's your why? Why are you doing these things? you know, a thousand and one ways to do this, a hundred and one ways to do that, 72 ways to do this, five ways to do that. And also, I know I drop a lot of F-bombs and I know that I swear, but I just really felt the titles of things that included fuck or bitch. And I was like, no, (laughs) my bookshelves do not be wanting you upon them. So as I pulled these books, I had very, I very quickly filled three boxes of books, three massive boxes, it has to be said, which have actually just been picked up because I I also sold them all, which was wonderful. So thank you so much. Thank you to God. Thank you to Prosperity for that. So in 48 hours, I listened to my body. I heard God speak through my blood and say, check out your bookshelves and remove everything essentially that you think isn't present in the world in the way that you would like it to be. And isn't that interesting? Because that's what the bigger inquiry was. Books about money telling me I don't have any money. (laughs) Books about marketing saying you are marketing these things wrong. Books about leadership saying don't lead like this, lead like that. Books about, you know, customer segueing 
this is how you niche down all of these things, i.e. you don't have a niche, you don't have customers. And when I tell you that I had a full body nervous system response to this experience, it was extraordinary. And the difference in this experience was and is that I have been able to sit with this almost consistent vibration from head to toe in my system that hasn't stopped for about 24 hours. And I am remembering to breathe. I'm remembering to eat. I'm remembering to get outside. I'm remembering to drink water. I'm remembering to rest. And I will also tell you that uh, my bones, my body, this is a healing. This is a healing. What I, what I, what I really want to be doing is sleeping. What I really want to be doing is resting. Because what I've done is I've I've heard the call from love and responded to it so quickly that it is having a biological impact on my experience, in my experience of life. And why am I sharing this with you? Because I want you to understand that when you trust your instinct, when you consent to trusting your instinct, when you consent to hearing your body, when you consent to your vision and your bigger mission, you will receive what can feel like very confusing messages that say, go clear out your bookshelves, go clear out your bookshelves, go sell your books. And then you will discover, and this is what I discovered, that of course, what remains, mm, might head into some some ministry here. (laughs) What remains is love. So upon my shelves right now, there are love stories, books of poetry, art. I have an entire shelf dedicated to growing roses, which is just absolutely wonderful. There is nothing but love here. Nothing but love. There's, of course, there's folklore and there's magic. But even some of those books, when I held them, there's not, there isn't really magic in there. There's, there's a really beautiful cover and a great intention. But the, the work is underdeveloped. You know, the work is young. We can, we can feel it. It's a sapling. It's okay. It's allowed to be. You, you can't, you don't come out the, you know, out the womb and you're like, hello, here's my masterpiece. You have to wait like Mozart until you're at least seven and then, and then then you can create that. But really allow yourself the experience of this because what is interesting from here is that I know I am being invited to focus on love. I know I am being called into a higher teaching of love and I also know that I'm being called into creating and I cannot believe this doesn't exist and that I haven't ever actually taught this yet. I'm I'm being called to create my signature love program. I don't even really like calling it a signature love program. That just feels like a marketing, a sort of set of marketing words that don't really have anything to do with my heart. But there is no part of us that isn't touched by love. There's no part of our experience that isn't touched by love. There's no part of a business experience that isn't touched by love. So many people say to me, I have never heard anybody talk about business or money or relationships or creativity or leadership 
the way that you do. And it's because in truth, I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking to you about love. I'm talking to you through my heart, to your heart. I'm letting all of our prayers collide in some sort of cosmic sweet embrace and forehead kiss that gives us full body goosebumps that as I have been experiencing over the last 24, 48 hours, those goosebumps can stay. And when we allow ourselves to become accustomed to that sensation of love, then we're never not with love. We're never not a presence of love. So many people ask me how I move in and out of ritual or ceremony or worship. And it's so difficult for me to answer that question because I don't. And it, and, and as I've shared with you previously, in fact, it's part of why I, I, it's part of why I find it so difficult to almost talk or, or write about singular rituals because my life is a singular ritual. How I live is a ritual. How I love is ceremony. How I show up in the world as a reverend is is ritual. I'm I'm never not talking to God. I'm never not in a conversation with love. And the reason that I'm never not talking to God and or you know, for you, you might be more comfortable with, you know, with spirit or source or Allah or, or any of the, the many, many names of God that there, that there are. But the reason I'm not talking to God is because God's my friend. And it really moves me to say that out loud. I have had a relationship with, with the presence of love, with love, with God since I was a little girl. And God has been, was probably my invisible friend that wasn't so invisible. God is every angel that shows up via incredible rainbows or moments where the sky just takes my breath away as I'm looking out of my my windows right now. You know, God is a friend. So why would I not check in on my friend? And why would I not expect my friend God to check in on me? Of course, we check in on one another. We love one another. We're in a relationship. And what I can offer you via clearing out all the voices of those straight white dudes that were on my shelves. God bless you. You are you are being schooled too, my friends, my fellas. God bless you too. <laughs> but what I can tell you is when I took those voices of a really unhealthy patriarchy out of the way. I wouldn't put Simon Sinek in that in that basket. Simon is also a he's a pastor, he's a preacher too, whether um people recognize him as that or not. But what was left was love. And love in a still in a structured way too, right? Because that's the really important thing about how we demonstrate love, how we consent to love, how we move with love, how we are moved with love. And so I said, I think maybe in a podcast episode at the, I don't know, maybe the end of last year, the beginning of this time is moving or not this, not human time, but the time in which I am living in my body and my being in my cells is moving really, really quickly that I didn't think there was going to be anything new that I was necessarily going to offer this year. And I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And I was thinking that it might be something 
uh, it may be something specific to business because it's it's what I get asked for so, so much. And I love everyone that's asking for it. Thank you. And what I would say to you is that all of your needs will be met with love. And therefore, I have a responsibility to create that new experience of love for me and for you. And before you ask me, can I sign up for it? I mean, yes, and I don't have anywhere for you to do that yet. (laughs) And isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So it feels to me that in this conversation that we're having, via the books speaking to me and saying, hey, and actually the books about poetry and love and magic and adventure or not adventure. Oh, let me share this with you, squirrel moment. I had the most amazing session with one of my private clients last week. And at the end of the call, we moved into this space where my client said to me, you know, it's always such an adventure with you. We just never know where we're going to go. And then she said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. She was like, that's not true. She said, it's even better than an adventure working with you. She said, it's even better than an adventure. She said, it is a luxury picnic and we're sitting down on the blanket and I'm all, hey, I brought sandwiches. And you say to me, well, that's lovely that you brought sandwiches, but how would you feel about a bespoke you know, cheese board. And she's like, well, actually, that's exactly what I wanted, but I but I, I, didn't know I could ask for it. Wow, that's amazing. And then my client said, and you know, I would, I would then offer, oh, I've brought some water. And I respond with, oh, well, that's wonderful. Of course, we need water. And could I interest you in a glass of champagne? And then she said, from the picnic basket, I'm like, hey, I have bigger cushions, comfier chairs. Shall we get these blankets out? Shall we slumber under the stars? Shall we just lay side by side and listen to the world whisper by us? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that someone was able to reflect, someone I care deeply about was able to reflect that that is the experience of sitting one-on-one with me because that's the experience of love. Love doesn't have an agenda. She wants you to be able to consent to also being loved. And then through that, you then begin to have this clarity around who you really are. And then when you know who you really are, you get to show up very authentically. And then when you show up fully authentically, then what do you know? You are in your leadership. And then when you are in your leadership and you're speaking with authority, what do you know? You're marketing. And then your words are and your expression of who you are, if you're an entrepreneur, is touching people. And it's making a difference and it's changing the world. And I I have realized that I am here and part of my purpose in being here is as it is with money and prosperity and wealth and business and magic for us to have a different type of conversation around those things. And as powerfully, it is about us having a different conversation about love. Sometimes for me, 
I can feel very immature around the conversation of love. And I have a, I have a fear, actually. I have a fear of being perceived as being immature when it comes to the theme and the topic of love. And yet it is our most written about subject. We will, we will never tire of hearing or listening or writing or reading about love. But sometimes I can feel, and I love my pop culture, as you well know. I also love my Renaissance culture, as you well know. And for me, there is something about marrying those two gorgeous things into a polyamorous relationship. There's probably a polyamorous open relationship with creativity so that love can express itself however it wants to express itself. I've often said to my clients who, again, many clients come to me for, for business and that's wonderful. And of course, I support them because I have a um, a real gift for look, seeing people's blind spots and turning them into bright spots. That's never going to change. But what's really, really beautiful is actually when a person comes for something or many people come for something and then we can say, you know that you're actually looking for love. You know that you're trying to understand how you can love yourself. You know you're trying to understand how you can let yourself off the hook. How you think you have to keep training or how you even clear how you think you have to keep proving that you are qualified to love and to be loved. When I had my ministry vow, I love, I beg your pardon, I vow to love and be loved. I vow to love and be loved. I vow to love and be loved. Makes me sit up straighter. When I had that tattooed on on my spine in my own handwriting, it was an extraordinary experience because I cannot think of a more powerful vow to take in this lifetime for me, for me, and I don't for one moment suggest that you run out and get your your words and your mantras inked on you because it is a powerful, bone deep, lifelong commitment. It's why we, we choose our ink, our markings very, very carefully. We choose them with reverence. We choose them with purpose. I understand the 18-year-old me sort of chose those certain things for the same reason because she was coming from a really early version of the reverend. She was coming from a really early place of nature-based cosmic spiritual worship. She was coming from a really early place of feeling so broken, broken down, broken into, broken by the world that she needed things to remind her that she was beautiful, that she is beautiful and that she was born innately worthy. So were you. And when we stop trying to prove our worth, when we stop trying to prove how qualified we are, when we stop trying to take course after course after course to show how we are qualified for the job we're already doing, then again, we get to come back to this place of love and of loving presence. So I am so excited to have this conversation with you in the prequel to whatever the love course is going to be, a course of love. And I think we're going to do it over a few moons, which feels rad, feels really exciting. 
is going to be a body-based approach, which is delicious. It's going to be about you coming into a place of knowing who you are, choosing your identity, consenting to love and to be loved. And it will affect and lovingly impact every single area of your life. If you want more money, this is where you will also experience it through your body and through love. If you want better relationships, this course, this experience will provide it. If you want to grow your business, that will also happen. If you're recovering from heartbreak, divorce, loss, this course will also help. And if you're a marketer and you're like Bunny, for the love of goddess, one course cannot do all these things. What you are telling me is that you are frightened of love. That's what I heard right there in that space. I'm not frightened of love anymore. And my prayer is that you won't be either. You won't be either. It's been my pleasure to ride with you today for some reason. I really imagined us on, I don't know, just coming out of some cool place, getting on some wicked motorcycles, just zipping up those leathers and heading back out on the road again so we can take in the beauty, have our space to think, yeah, and then come back together around the fireside for another conversation and Whiskey Made Woman later. I look forward to seeing and hearing and feeling what stayed with you in this episode and I will see you in the next one.